0: You're listening to a Sessions by Effective, live from a 2023. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in for this next episode of a Sessions presented by Effective live right here for a 2023. We get a chance to catch up with Dana Cleave, who's the director of diversity, engagement Engagement. and foundation. (laughs) Yes. And, you know, just to kind of like recap on this real fast, Dana, first off, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. Of course. And for those who don't know what Director of Diversity, Engagement, and Foundation is, like, tell us what that is.
1: <laughs> like, who does? Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, so, I do. Uh, yes. Now you do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so I think sometimes when I'm describing my title, it's easier to, like, go back into how I became, you know, came into this title. So really, my job deals with uh, communication. If I had sure. to give one term for it, and it started when I came to Walzer, which is where I work now, um, and I, I came in. A as a reputation management coordinator. So yep. I was responding to Google reviews and Yelp reviews and Facebook and like doing all this liaisoning with our general managers when customers were happy or when they were more like when they were not happy. And so I really got to form this relationship with them and kind of understand coming in at the bottom, like how car sales works or service. And so that it was that. And then social media kind of came into the role. And so I kind of done these various things. And then it transitioned into corporate communications to kind of doing CEO comms, PR, media outreach, which is sort of my bread and butter. And then when we began our diversity journey, diversity kind of came into the work so uh, about a year ago about a year and a half ago my title changed to diversity engagement and foundation and the foundation piece of this so we have an amazing foundation director she's on my team and she handles really all the grant making and giving that we do in our community which is about it's it depends on you know the year but uh, more than five hundred thousand dollars a year in philanthropic efforts from our foundation at Walzer. so together you know we work to make sure that the giving we're doing is elevated in the right ways
0: Sure. Um, yeah. And obviously you cover a ton of stuff and it's, mm-hmm. it's so cool to see that Walzers is putting so much effort into developing their culture, developing their team yeah. and really developing leaders because yeah. that's what I think a lot of automotive retailers are missing mm. right now across mm-hmm. the entire nation. Mm-hmm. They, they want the output. They want this, they want that, but sometimes they're not willing to invest in their people. Yeah. And, people can be our biggest problem or like our biggest asset. Yeah. And there's so much we can invest in our people. So what are some specific things you guys do at Walls or that you're investing in your team?
1: Yeah, I mean, I will argue that people are the biggest asset, so I'll, I'll just yeah. say that. But I think um, people, uh, you know, no matter where you work, you wanna know where you're going. And, yeah. and you wanna know how you're contributing to to the mission and vision of the company. And you sure. wanna know how your work builds on that. Even if you are a lot tech, even if you're a coordinator or a funding specialist or whatever that is, you want to know how your work contributes. So having a really clear career path is something that everyone probably wants and needs, but, but somehow for some reason, it's just really missing in auto. And I think, you know, for a long time, this industry has been kind of afraid to create and maybe not afraid to create positions, but afraid to kind of create upward mobility within those positions. So if you're thinking about like, you know, kind of mapping out what that path looks like, maybe it's, coordinator to specialists to analysts to you know senior analysts and you, you, there's, it, yeah yeah there's ways to kind of create that that lattice effect for people so they can grow and and having those conversations about um, where people see themselves is also a really big part of that but in my own organization you know I spoke about this in, in my panel earlier but um, we use a process of, of a balanced scorecards so that your yeah. your 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 wins and your losses are documented so that you can say like red yellow green like here's what what went great and why and here's what didn't go so great, um, and how you can, can improve on that, and then your promotions and your successes are are you know measured in a real way without bias. You're not saying, ah, I've worked with him forever. He's a great guy or she's yeah. a great girl. Like like <laughs> give her the promotion. Like no, we have real you know kind of. Um, Perspectives yeah. on, on what works, you know, in with KPIs to match it. So we use these balanced scorecards. Um, we do succession planning every year. So again, we have these really in-depth conversations with people that. Um, Look at who's ready, ripe, and prime for movement. Who's a trusted professional? Who's who's not quite there yet? All, you know, all of these things. Using those scorecards, that's part of it. And then the other really cool thing that I want to highlight is we do a program called Emerging Leaders, and this is very common in corporate America, and something that I think our dealers and, and vendors could use way more. Um, sure. And so it's it's a group that's ready for the next big thing, and it's it's challenging. It's a very small elite group of people, and and you're asked to do a case study on a real problem in our company and names and all. Those things are changed, but my year, I did it last year. We were looked at, um, you know, efficiency in our in our shops. We had a shop who was struggling, and and looking at bay layout and tech productivity and you know customer pay and things that I knew nothing about. Sure. You're paired with a mentor, and you and you write a case study based on this real problem. So through there's a various you know other elements to the program, but it really it's hard and it tests people. and It's a way to grow within kind of your growth structure, if that makes sense.
0: No, it does. And so I a hundred percent agree with that is that too many people are looking at people as a problem. And so trying to fix that yeah. and looking at that and saying, what are we doing wrong as an organization? And I think you guys are so far ahead of what other dealers are and automotive retailers are across the nation, because it's, it's so clear that you guys are willing to invest in your people yeah, and map that and show them like, Hey, Here's, here's where the next step is for you and here's yeah. how we can get there yeah. and give them that, that scorecard, that report card, look yeah. at that. So someone who doesn't know what a succession plan is, like explain that real fast.
1: Yeah. So, so it's a, it's a conversation with your top level leaders and you're looking at every member of your team and you're saying, okay, like what is this person articulated to you that where they want to go? Yeah. How are they doing? Um, and, and are they ready for movement? Yes or no. And you're, and you're going around and you're documenting that and you're making sure that you're, you're kind of, um, setting them and yourself up for success so that you have the right people in the right seat at all times. And then that's reviewed on an annual basis. That's kind of what a succession plan looks like. So you have a bench ready when you need it so that, you know, someone leaves or something happens, you can go and pull that right person.
0: Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I think what's cool about that is not that you're, you know, trying to fix turnover or trying to get like super fast execution once someone leaves but like that's a very real problem that people have is you know whether that person's promoted let's say you do have a sales manager and you need to fill that role because mm-hmm. they got promoted to a gsm mm-hmm you will have people that are ready for that and, yes. and you know ready to go into the next spot. Right. So let's talk about your map real fast. Let's yeah. say that you do have a salesperson. Now, do you have different routes for them? Is does it based on their personality? Is it based on what their um, their goals are? Like what does that look like?
1: So I think the beauty of auto, and I think again, underutilized, is that there is a lot of different routes you could take and a lot for of sure. different verticals. And you know, you could be the consummate sales professional who who wants to sell and, and maybe move into that account executive role or that you know, that role that really focuses. On. not every salesperson wants to be a manager yeah, or should exactly. be a manager, <laughs> yeah. you know, Like I think,
0: you or know, worse. They want to, and they shouldn't be right. right? Yeah. 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 I mean, I think
1: there's, there's kind of a different skills that comes there for me. I knew that I wanted to manage people. I'm a people person. I yeah. like getting in the weeds with my people and having yeah. those conversations, but I also like to do the work too. So I knew, so, you know, I had to find that fit for me. Um, but I think you know, being you, you could move up to a GSM, I guess, if you want, but you could also look at inventory. You could yeah. look at buying, you could look at, um, you know, any, maybe you want to get into fixed. Like there's a lot of different ways you could go. And just because you're moving laterally doesn't mean you're moving down exactly. and it's on your manager our managers, I should say, to create sure. a, a system where a lateral move doesn't mean it's a backwards step, especially sure. if you want to try in uh, a new area of the business. And I think, you know, our best GMs, they are skilled in all areas of the business. And I think never stepping foot in fixed or never quite understanding what really happens in parts or whatever, or, you know, and I'm not, there are many talented people, so I'm not saying that's everyone, but yeah. I, I think y- you have to have such a well-rounded Depth and breadth of knowledge, and that's really hard to do, on on your nine to five or your bell to bell or whatever. Like yeah. you, you can't do that all, um, in a short period of time. It takes years to build up that skill set, and so I think your best general managers are going to be people who have who have been across the business, have sat in your BDC, exactly. understand how those calls come in, understand you know all all those different elements. So. For
0: sure, especially with changes in technology, because let's look at the legacy GM for a second. Mm-hmm. You know they've been in automotive for 20 years yeah. let's say and back in 2003 things are a lot different now than they were back then mm-hmm. we've got so many great pieces of technology that we're able to utilize yeah and having the having gms that are still involved in uh the actual operations of it whether it's in the sales bdc or whether yeah. it's in even in the fixed operation side it's really cool to see that and one thing i love that you said dana is that you know a lateral move is not a bad thing Mm-mm. especially yeah. if they're able to utilize these other great things in their personality Mm -hmm. that they weren't utilizing before. Yeah. So like talk that through, how often do you have someone either go from like the fixed side to the variable side or variable to fixed all the time, Yeah. all the time. Yeah. I mean, I think, and most dealers that does not happen. Yeah, I mean, it's so cool yeah, you guys
1: do that yeah and I can't I can't give you exact numbers like I guess sure. I don't know but I but from from the perspective of communicating these storm moves that's I mean we you know my whole job is is to communicate with our people and I think inclusion comes when you understand the, the direction the ship is going like yeah. I get it I'm on board I'm part of the team and so that even includes like oh so-and-so is moving to Toyota and so-and-so is moving from Toyota to Mazda and and you know I think when you look at some of um, some of the world-class sales organizations they have It's almost like, or, or, um, you know, even hospitals, like teaching hospitals, you, you create these opportunities for those teaching, um, experiences to happen and those growth moments to happen. It's built into who you are. Um, and if you are, are so rigid in how you structure that up and down, there's never going to be any time or any opportunity to get out of that (laughs) monthly cycle, you know, to grow and to try something different and, and to, and to expand yourself as a person. So, um, we communicate those changes all the time, and they happen frequently.
0: Yeah. So, Dana, I love that is that you're trying to get your people out of that 30-day cycle. Yeah. The one single yeah. month where it's all of a sudden – Yeah. Right? Yeah. Exactly. And giving them that map and that guidance to say, hey, here's where you want to go. Here's what you need to work on. But, mm-hmm. hey, also don't forget you're really good at these couple things here. Yeah. So, yeah. it's cool that you can document that. Yeah. How often do you guys do a scorecard?
1: Uh, I mean, every quarter. Every every quarter. That's Sorry, cool. There's no question mark on that. Every sure. quarter. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, every like, quarter. <laughs> yeah, every quarter we do it. So yeah. um, every employee has a scorecard, and it could depend. Like you know, for for the communications um, specialist who's on my team, his scorecard, he's a party of one. He's the only person in the whole company who has this title because he's, you know, in a very niche, small part of it. Most of our people are in production or contributing to the profitability of the company. And, and, you know, and and so for him, his scorecard is is individual. It looks different from everyone else's. You know, all of our lot techs, theirs might look the same. All of our CS, our customer specialists, Mm -hmm. that's what we call our salespeople, theirs looks the same. It's It's based on units and you know, per vehicle retail and vehicle service contract penetration. Yeah. So theirs is you know, a larger party that's holding that kind of same look and feel, but, yeah. you know, kind of contributing in a specific way. So. Yeah. So
0: let's talk about mm-hmm. details real fast and scorecard. And actually, before we get to that, can you tell everybody how many employees you guys have between all of your locations?
1: Yes. So we have uh, 2,000 employees, yeah. 26 rooftop dealer group out of Minneapolis, and then we have a luxury campus in Wichita. And in addition to that, we have uh, five affiliate um, rental agencies under that's, Ace Rental Car. Yeah. So yeah. It's,
0: it's obviously a very large organization and a lot of people you're trying to do this for. Every person in your company, do they have a scorecard?
1: Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And I mean, how do you guys, so the scorecard itself, some of the details that are on there, it's cool for your CS, your um, customer specialist, how uh, you have it tied directly to revenue generating items.
1: Yeah. It has to. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Yeah, like, Like it has to make sense. It's not like, oh, they were nice this day they were mean this day right it's actually key things that are takeaways so yeah. what are some of the details you have on the scorecard
1: um i mean so i think if everyone's i kind of said this earlier but everyone's looks different and so you yeah. know mine is is not related to revenue generation but but you're right you know yeah. indirectly <laughs> yeah. it's related to retention so For that sure. is my key metric that i'm that i'm working on is retention through the lens of communication through the lens of employee engagement and through the lens of of in, uh, inclusion so everyone's looks different yeah. but you know that, you know I guess that's that's kind of what I can say about it there's there's different things that you're aiming for but it's a very um, specific conversation a very thoughtful conversation that you have with your manager and and there might be big groups of people who have the same scorecard but you're you know kind of beholden to those those kpis
0: yeah sure so. Right before this, you just got done finishing a session. We had Ashley Cavazos in there, we yeah. had Rand Cage. Yeah. Tell us a real quick like synopsis of that and what were some key takeaways you guys developed oh, together? It
1: was a really good conversation. So it was about how to create kind of pathways into automotive and to create inclusive spaces once you're in it. Yeah. And I think some of the key takeaways that we talked about were, you know how you, how you win at work while still being who you are when you're there while still having fun, making it sticky, making it worth stay around for. I mean, today it's, it is an employee's market. And if you don't like where you're working, you can go somewhere else because there's lots of options. We're still coming out of, I think, you know, a little bit of the great, um, resignation. And, and for me, now I'm thinking the great retention, like that's where I'm at. And so I think there are a lot of places where you can go if you don't like where you work. And so, um, I, when I think about that conversation, it all comes back to how you get great people and you hang on to them once you've got them.
0: Yeah. And I love how you look at the issue of the great resignation and turn that into an opportunity yeah. to be great at something else, which yeah. is retention. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, <laughs> What are some things that you have in your future that you're looking forward to in the next two to five years?
1: Oh man. Okay. So um, I'm really pumped about this at Walzer. I oversee our employee resource groups and I actually um, have the opportunity and the pleasure to do a, a workshop on this at NADA in February about how to create an employee resource group. Because That's cool. I think you, know, you can be a single rooftop, you can be a multi rooftop and it doesn't have to look the same, but they are possible and at the heart of these groups, what they are is they're employee-led, they're employee-driven. They're meant to create engagement around some topic. Sometimes it's a social demographic, sometimes it's a just an identity or or a status like parenthood. You could that could even yeah. be something young professionals. Like there's lots of ways that that could go. Um, so I oversee our three right now, and we never start employee resource groups just to start them. Like you have to have a, a reason that a, and purpose, you know, exactly. a purpose in yeah. the way that it supports your business. But um, next month we're in the process of getting uh, a veteran advisory committee together to start thinking about how we better support our military members our retired service members their families um, and then with the hope that that can evolve into a, perhaps a full-fledged employee resource group because you talk about um, a population of people that is so prime and ripe and ready to come and transition you know or, or take the next step yeah you know Otto is so perfect for that yeah and and we have a really large population so we're that's what I'm like really excited for in the immediate future Um. Two to five years from now? I, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, gotcha. <laughs> I, I think,
0: Let's get through that think, first, right? Yeah. yeah, I mean I think I think our
1: group is on a is on a, a growth um minded trajectory. Sure. And so I expect to see our employee population to continue to grow at, at a fairly quick rate, uh, perhaps rooftops. You know, it, it, I'm not sure what the future will hold, but I know that that's, that's something that we're aiming for.
0: That's exciting. Yeah. How cool. Yeah. So Dana, thanks so much for taking a few moments with us Thank to you. do this. Thanks for being a part of a SodaCon and yeah. the great sessions we have, the great yeah. education out here. And I know you've already said this, but I'll say it for you. They can connect with you on LinkedIn. Yes. They can find you at Dana Cleave. Yep. And I'm sure you would love to help people grow. Yes. Yeah,
1: it's about culture, or things like that. Yeah, you know, I just, my last thought that I'll say, I was just talking to someone else about this, but they said, you know, like, I would love to see those scorecards you were talking about. I'd like to see some of those (laughs) things. And I said, we all do better when we do better. And for me to hold on to, you know, how I how I form my ERGs, like what the charter looks like, like I won't do that. I will happily share those templates with people because they think, you know, there is enough room in this industry for all of us to do really, really well by our people. I don't need to hang on to to the things that are working well for us that could work really good for you
0: me and dana i love it thanks so much for taking yeah. a few minutes with us today
1: thanks
0: jordan thank you for listening to this a so Con session concession by effective if you want more content like this you can check out our other podcasts we have a daily show called the automotive troublemaker monday through friday here on podcast also live streamed on youtube and linkedin and facebook we also have a long-form podcast called auto collabs auto collabs And if you just want to go a little deeper into this community, you should sign up for our regular email. We put our heart and soul into it. You can get it for free by going to asotoo.com. We'll see you next time.